what is going on comic fam it is your boy the bearded comic bro and i am joined by comic creator jason Starr. welcome to the show hey thanks for having me yeah i'm so excited um you have you are a novelist you've written a lot of novels you've you have written comics for marvel for dc most recently most recently for awa and that's kind of where i found you with red border um and we're going to be talking about your newest book coming out uh from awa called casual fling and i'm really uh-huh. excited to just talk to you about some comics so let's go let's do it uh before i get into uh your new book coming out i always got asked and especially with you with all your you know background with comics that you've written already how did you get into creating comics um well i think everyone has their own path um every every comics creator i've met like has a different way of getting in i think i could be wrong but i think jason aaron for example uh was in some contest for for marvel for his first uh, comic. Um, other people have, you know, had web comics. Uh, some people, um, and, and including me, have, have gotten into comics by doing other things first. So um, I've had, um, as you mentioned, I've, I'm also a novelist, and I've written many crime novels and thrillers. And so, the, so the way I got into comics is uh, some editors um, just happened to. Uh, read my books uh, or found out about them word of mouth and uh, at one I think the first thing I got was um, I got involved with was at Vertigo when um, an editor uh, Will Dennis had me um, write an introduction for uh, um, which one was it first Uh, for Brian Azzarillo's uh, uh, comic 100 Bullets Um, so there was one uh, each issue had like a different writer, uh, crime writer writing an introduction. So I was one of the writers who wrote an introduction to that. Um, so then I got to talking to Will and he was starting uh, um, Vertigo Crime at that point. So he was open to pitch, you know, for, he wanted in particular crime writers to pitch ideas. Um, so Ian Rankin, who's a crime novelist, ended up writing one, um, me and some other crime writers. And there were a lot of comics writers as well, but so that, that's, sort of how I got into it. So they accepted one of the ideas. Um, but at the same time, I met some other editors at um, DC. Um, Azzarillo um, uh, got me involved in a comic he was doing there, uh, the Doc Savage, uh, Batman, um, Avenger mashup. And I was writing the uh, Avenger, uh, not, the Aven- not the Avengers, the Avenger, uh, Benson uh, yeah. st- stories uh, in the back. They were like little, t- 10 page stories uh, that ran along with the main stories. And then I wrote uh, on some of the uh, main comics as well. Um, and I did some more work at DC. Uh, then at the, around that time I met um, Ed Brubaker similarly because he had been reading my books and uh, he put me in touch with some people at Marvel. And um, yeah, so I started working with Axel. Uh, the first thing I did was a Punisher uh, Max uh, issue um, after you know after Garth Ennis uh, had his long run and there were some other, some other crime writers uh, I think Victor Gishler worked on that um, I believe uh, Greg Hurwitz worked on it and then I uh, wrote one it, it took a long time for that for that one to come out but one, once it did come out some other editors at Marvel got interested and um, that's how I wound up doing Wolverine. Max and then uh, 
um, some other you know graphic novels that I've been uh, that I had to pitch the old you know the old-fashioned way, yeah. just going cold <laughs> to editors. Um, and I you know it never ends. I think people the, the I think the misconception about breaking into comics and writing in general is that once you have your break, uh, that's it. You're that's it. You know they, people want to know how you got started. Um, I think every writer I know, and definitely for me in particular, like getting started never ends. Yeah. Like you always have to pitch your new uh, idea. Yeah. So uh, to this day, I'm approaching editors, uh, some of them cold, you know, and I introduce myself and talk, talk yeah. about what I've done. And you know, maybe it helps that I've written stuff and it, you know, may, it might get me a little bit of an entree, but um, it's still <laughs> really competitive. You know, yeah. Yeah, everybody wants to work in comics. So uh, I think the attitude you have to have for breaking in is um, to be unconventional. Like you don't know, there's no one way to do it. Um, it's usually not as simple as like, hey, can you just introduce me to an editor? It usually doesn't uh, work that way. Like you have to have some sort of track record yourself of producing stuff. So, um, I mean, if I was starting out now, like I would definitely, in comics in particular, I would definitely be trying to do like web comics, like mm -hmm. webtoon stuff, like st anything you can get out there um, where um, you could start getting fans and some buzz going and then when you approach an editor, you have something to point to. Hey, I've been guys been writing that. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to be sort of unconventional and try different things. Yeah. I like it because you're like, it's, you know, I always ask, like, how'd you get into comics? And it almost sounds like, how do you get, how do you stay in the comics then too? Because like it's, yeah. like you said, it's a constant um, continuing to do that. So, so I discovered you through actually through Red Border uh -huh. um, and love the book. Um, and it was, now correct me if I'm wrong, it was one of the initial books when AWA was doing their first kind of wave launch, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, they launched with four book, well, four titles and uh, and Red Border was one of them. So how, how was that connection then, um, you know, from kind of working with Marvel and DC then to kind of getting connected with AWA? Where did that kind well, of start Well, one of the founders of AWA is Axel Alonso, who is the editor-in-chief of... Uh, Marvel. Um, so when um, Axel was setting up um, AWA, uh, I forgot who reached out to who, but we found out we connected, and um, you know we we'd worked together before on, on Punisher and Wolverine, and uh, he was open to hearing pitches, but you know you still have to connect with the right uh, idea. Um, so that's um, you know so that's you, you still have to come up with the idea and and make it work. Um, different from what I did in particular at Marvel where I was working with licensed characters uh, entirely. So you still have to come up with an idea for like what's Wolverine gonna do. Um, but uh, at least you know, <laughs> at least you have some idea of something, yeah, the character's all set. Um, when you're pitching things from scratch, you have to come up with the, obviously the characters also, and it's hard to know sometimes what's gonna connect. So, but we did, Red Border was something that, um, I think we were both excited about like right away, like we really felt like it could be a cool comic, potentially a movie or TV show. I know some uh, stuff has been discussed on that track, but um, yeah, so that, yeah, so we uh, connected on that and then uh, it was one of the first ones. That's so cool. Like it's gotta be a cool experience too, to kind of be kind of on the ground floor of the new company that kind of is starting out. Um, 
and it was a great book. If people haven't read it, it's I believe it's came out last fall in trade, right? Uh, yeah, it's out now in um, it's in trade paperback. Uh, you know, it came out in any in four issues, and then it was collected as a uh, trade. Um, all of the AWA trades have done really well. I and mean, Red Border is like a top forty bestseller, so which is like amazing considering you know they're an indie uh, right. uh, publishers and. This was like their first wave of graphic novels. And um, I believe like all four books were uh, four. I think they had five books in the top 40. So that was like really. That's, that's neat. So when you, cause I know you started working on Red Border early, obviously before it launched. How soon from uh, the time frame from Red Border were you working on your new book, Casual Fling? Um, I had, it, it was, they were like run after each other. So like I'd already finished um, Red Border. Um, I think one thing AWA certainly wants to do, and I think I believe is doing, is they want to have um, writers and artists complete the entire uh, book before, like even issue one comes out. So, mm. Casual Fling, for example, is like completely um, written at, at now, and like, and, and all the art is done. So, um, we're not like um, rushing to like make a deadline. Yeah. On it. So the books are in. So it was after I had completed uh, Red Border. Nice. That's so cool. So, well, we jumping in now into Casual Fling. Uh, tell people, what is ca Casual Fling about? What's the, what's the elevator pitch of it? Um, it's an erotic, well, I haven't really practiced this elevator pitch, so like, this is my first, <laughs> <laughs> my first chance. First time for everything. Uh, it's, an, it's, um, it's an erotic thriller. Um, about a uh it's about a marriage it's about a woman um and a man they've been married uh for about uh five eight eight nine years i think i said and um they have uh two kids and they're kind of like at a place where they're um you, you know i think where people typically find themselves in a marriage where like things are good but you know they're not you know not great the stress of life is uh getting to them and she makes a uh, decision uh, to uh, have this uh, fling and things go like, you know, way off the, you know, the wall after that. And um, it's sort of in the tradition of, of fatal attraction. I mean, that was a uh, uh, big example, a, a book, a uh, movie that we certainly were talking about, like when I was uh, uh, formulating the whole the whole plot um but it goes like in a in a much and i think a very unexpected uh direction the type of revenge uh that um she seeks against this person who has this really dark agenda uh is something that is very modern very current and you know, it's a very sexy uh book um you know people uh it's like sort of like a, a voyeuristic feel you have when you're reading the book, but fortunately you don't have to deal with the consequences that she and the other characters have to deal with. But uh, so it's sort of like a, uh, that's why we call it an erotic thriller. Yeah. Oh, that's, hey, for your first elevator pitch of the book then that was a great job. So <laughs> it seems like you wrote it. So you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I didn't give away any uh, plot twist either, so. That's good. <laughs> well, what I, you know, what I appreciated, um, in checking out that first issue is you have such a talent of developing the characters in such a short time. Um, and I think like, 
I don't know what even it would be called, but like whether it's cut panels or anything, but like the scene at the bar where you can just, where the panel, they're having a conversation and it's a different conversation right next to it. And it's a different, so you can just tell it's kind of moving along time. Um, where does, where did that kind of idea to move along the story come from? Was that something that you worked with, with your artist, um, was, or your editor or? Um, definitely with the editors, um, you know, during the plotting stages, like, yeah, it's pretty detailed, like what we're going to do in the first book, the second book, the third book, uh, the fourth book, um, a lot of detail. I mean, much more detail than I usually have when I'm writing a novel, for example, okay. like, and I think that's important in a comic because comics are all about space. Uh, right. They have to end at 20 or 22 issue, uh, 22 pages um, for the issues. So you really have to know where your cliffhangers are, um, what your plot is uh, to a much more managed extent than when you're writing a book, for example, right. a novel. Um, so I had an idea of like the pace I wanted to have um, but for as far as like getting that sort of natural feel, um, for me, it's always about um, that, that kind of stuff only comes when I actually start writing because I could plot everything in advance. But until you actually start writing and you start writing some dialogue and you start writing the scene, um, I don't really know what the attitude of the character is going to be, yeah. um, how they're going to behave in any situation, like where their humor is going to come from, um, what their voice is going to be. Like, so, you, so it's very hard in advance. Like I could plot out every detail of something, but it's very hard to explain um, what the uh, voice is until I start writing. Um, so, I mean, that's something like, I, I've done some screenwriting work and I've pitched ideas in, in LA and they always wanna know like uh, what the tone, of, tone is of what you're pitching. Yeah. And that's, that's always the hardest thing to crack because I could always t describe what the plot is. Um, you know, sometimes just to describe a tone, I have to say, compare it to something else. It's like the Sopranos meets, you know, to get, you know, to give the a sense of the tone because I don't really know what it is until I'm actually writing something. Yeah. You know, until the characters, you know, come to life sort of, but dialogue comes natural to me. So yeah. that part is, um, comes comes more easily to me than the um i mean plotting i think i've gotten good at over the years but that that always takes more um planning than the dialogue the dialogue is always more organic and it just happens well it's it's so funny that you mentioned that i think it was in issue one of red border at the back you kind of had a letter in your and you you were talking about some of the stuff that was going through you're like listen, if something in this book offends you, don't blame me. It was the characters. It was their voice because, you know, I just take it where they take me. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. So when you brought it back into this, that was great. Well, but, that's just in case a family member reads it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. I really thought like, because you, especially with a comic, you have such a, like you said, you have 22 pages usually, like you have such a short time to move the story along. Um, but if you don't get that pacing right, it can feel like we're not invested in the characters. Why did this character make the decision that they made? Because there's not enough. And I think you did a really good job of the dynamics of the marriage, of the family situation, the work situation, that, you know, that page, like I was talking about with the bar scene, it moved that story along well too, to get it to the point where you go, okay, I see where you're taking us here. And, um, and so I just think that was really cool to, to find. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's different. I mean, you're talking about um, Red Border, the other the previous yeah. uh, comic they did for AWA, and that's much more of a action um, driven story. If you if you compare like the first issue of Red Border to the first issue of Casual Fling, it's very extremely different. Um, yeah. I mean, Casual Fling might be more similar to some of my novel psychological thrillers I've written. Um, so in a in, in Red Border, I could rely on the action. There's basically like a, a big chase going on. I mean, they're just trying to get away to the border. They have the cartel after them. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, then there's like a surprise at the end of the uh, issue that takes it in another direction. Here, it's the, um, it's the psychology. It's the family dynamics. It's um, a decision that um, the main character, Jennifer, Jennifer's making. Um, it's uh, it's about these um, about these details that are very um, precise, and I can't just rely on action. So the um, there has to be um, intrigue and suspense mm -hmm. in the dialogue scenes themselves. So it's very you know how they end. It, there's there's an element of mystery to it that isn't in Red Border because Red Border is more of a thriller. This is like more of a mystery. So you wonder like what she meets this guy and you wonder what his agenda is. Right. So that's where the suspense is coming from. So the suspense comes from like a different place. And um, I have to think of like every, I think you hear some sirens in New York City in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so this suspense comes from, uh, uh, it's psychological suspense, yeah. a lot of it. But the challenge writing a comic is how do you make that visual? And I think uh, Dalibor with his art did a great job of that, like just really um, um, noir, noir sort of vibe to it, but also like cold, foreboding. Like you know, you know, you get a sense in the uh, and the colors with Marco Lesko, like the the uh, just in the visuals, like you get a sense of um, foreboding, sense of uh, not doom or just at yeah. least like trouble that's like coming down the line. Yeah, no, that's great. So. What is your process and how is your process different from writing a novel to writing a comic? Um, well, one is is definitely the amount of um, pitching and planning I have to do uh, beforehand to write a comic. Um, comics are uh, almost always extremely collaborative. Yeah. So you're collaborating with the um, editors at first and then the artists. Um, so there's more uh, people involved, more voices, it's more collaborative. Um, one time I was at a meeting at, at Marvel, um, everyone was talking, I mean, I, I studied uh, playwriting in, in uh, graduate school um, and everyone like the editors there, everyone, oh, I have a, the I, I was in theater, like, you know, it's all the editor, like a bunch of editors like had theater uh, backgrounds. And I think that's, that was interesting to me because it does remind me of that, the collaboration in comics. Yeah reminds me of the collaboration in theater where mm -hmm. there's a lot of people involved. Very different from writing a book where I'm just, it's just me in my own head. Um, ideally, I don't have to discuss it with anybody before I write it. I mean, sometimes you do, but you know, yeah. depending on what sort of deal it is, but um, often I'm just writing a book and then sending it to an agent editor. Um, and yeah, I don't have, um, uh, whole team with me so it's it's i mean for me it's nice ideal in a perfect world to do both like i could yeah. do something that's really internal inside my head um definitely more total control when i'm writing um 
a book, but on the other hand, um, there's some great things about collaboration also, like, you know, mm -hmm. that you, uh, it goes in directions you don't necessarily expect you're going to go in and uh, um, in a perfect world, everyone's coming up with, you know, better ideas than I could have come up with on my own. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's great. No, that's great. Well, and I've, like, even like the experience with that's got to be different. And then I'm guessing when it gets to the comics, it's got to be a little different. Like you mentioned earlier, um, like, pitching a book compared to you know having something already written with Wolverine where you have that cat character right. established um so like what's do you have a preference of what you kind of prefer when it comes to writing comics of the pre-established characters that you can then exactly. take the story or your own characters uh, it, it's definitely you know a different set of challenges yeah. <laughs> with each one um I mean it's definitely fun to write uh Wolverine. I mean, I remember it was just like, and when I was did like Batman one, like, you know, it was just sort of surreal to like, just be writing, yeah. you know, Batman enters, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, um, it's definitely uh, like playing, what do they call it? Like playing with the toys. Yeah. So, and if there are iconic characters, I mean, I wrote a um, some tie-in novels. I wrote the books to the Gotham TV series. Mm -hmm. um, I use those characters. Um, the an Ant-Man novel that was uh, a tie-in to the movie. So even then, like I had you know Tony Stark as a character, you know, yeah. character. Um, but so, so when I'm doing comics, like it's definitely uh, fun. Um, it's it's a different set of challenges because in a totally original story like Casual Fling. I have to come up with the characters. I have to come up with um, their history. Everything is uh, is from scratch. Um, in a pre-existing world, um, often the backstory is already uh, written, or at least the characters' attitude and who they are and right. their sense of humor is already there. Um, but the challenge is doing something fresh that hasn't been uh, done before because you're gonna. You know, you'll definitely hear it from the comics fans uh, if you don't, uh, if, you know, if you do something that was already done or, I mean, you're never going to please everybody. You're never going to take it in a uh, direction um, that everybody wants to go. But um, you definitely have to do a lot more um, research on the uh, history of the character. And um, yeah, so it's. It's definitely different. Which which do I like more? I've, I've been evading that question. It's all right. It's uh, <laughs> um, I I guess I'd say a combination. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, there are definitely some uh, characters out there at Marvel and DC who I would, uh, you know, love to be doing like a you know an ongoing comic of. Um, but barring that, I think like coming up with original ideas. Uh, is great, and there's also um, more control over the uh, the rights yeah. to the uh, project. Obviously, like there's more potential for like a movie or a TV uh, deal if it's your own uh, idea if you control the IP. So yeah, so well, I mean, you like you've said you've gotten the right iconic for DC being Batman. You got the right iconic for Wolverine. You said like, is there someone that you haven't gotten to write for that you would like to still write? Um. For DC, you mean like a character? For yeah, DC? a character for like DC or Marvel or. Oh yeah, like I think I'd be great doing uh, Deadpool. Um, I just 
I just think I would um, be a great match for the pop culture references, yeah. the darkness, the sense of humor. Um, I know I could do that. Um, I mean, I've done a little Batman, and I've you know I did the um, a the Gotham origin story when I right. wrote the novel, but um, I'd love to like lean into either Batman or like some of the darker characters, Joker. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely that would definitely be right up my alley. That's so cool. So, well, circling back real quick then to Casual Fling, um, you said at the very beginning um, that with AWA, you guys have everything written. Um, so Red Border, I know with four issues, what's the what's the length of for Casual Fling? Uh, four issues also, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, same, same amount. I think most of their um, original, I mean, their um, miniseries have been um, four or five issues. Right. Well, again, thank you so much for just taking time. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, oh, yeah. do you uh, do you have anything else that you're working on that you want to talk about, promote, or um, anything else that you'd like to just to share before we wrap up? <laughs> yeah, I have a new um, novel uh, coming out in the spring also. It's called uh, Curved Glass. It's a alternate reality uh, thriller that I'm really excited about. Um, you could check out my website, www.jasonstar.com, very easy, just my name, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram, um, read about the book. Um, and uh, yeah, I always have new projects in the works, uh, kicking around some new uh, comics ideas, um, working on a, uh, a TV show based on one of my books, um, has been in development for a while, but seems to have some momentum now so i've been working a lot on that and just keep grinding awesome well uh so you said your website and i'll have the links below um where else can people follow you to kind of stay up to date with what you're doing uh twitter instagram jason starbucks just i'm there awesome well gang um thank you so much for watching this video thank you jason so much for just taking some time to, to yeah, talk no, about you your novels and your comics with us um and Casual Fling, it drops, I believe, February 10th. 10th, yeah. Yep. So uh, if you're watching this, make sure you go to your LCS and pick it up on February 10th. Yeah, there's two covers. There's a variant cover by Mike Yato also, yeah. Nice. Well, gang, with that being said, uh, hopefully you can find some time to curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. Peace.